Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this podcast, we welcome you to the Genius Cast. It is Monday morning. Getting ready for the Monday night football game to close out week 11. We have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. If you're playing the one-game slate over on DraftKings and FanDuel, I'm going to talk about some plays I like in that game to throw up in your captain spot. Kind of give you my two cents on how I think the game's going to go down. couple directions I think this game can go down, so i uh, definitely have a different ideas of what, which way I'm going to attack this game if I'm playing on either side uh, up there as well. Give you my ideas of the captain spot. We're also going to break down the games, uh, take a look at back all, all the games from Week 11 over the weekend, starting with the Thursday night game between the Steelers and the Browns. So you got me solo today. I'm Jamison. I'm the genius. Uh, Chris is out as usual on Monday. Usually it's me running solo. So we're going to go right. We're going to jump right on ahead and jump into today's podcast and go ahead and start talking about what happened in Week 11. Started off the week with the Steelers and Browns. Crazy game. Browns uh, get a big victory over the Steelers. But again, it was overshadowed by the uh, horrible fight at the end of the game. Miles Garrett losing his cool. Personally, I think Mason Rudolph should have been suspended as well um, as the uh, kind of the instigator as well. I think both parties were kind of involved. Obviously, no matter what happens on the field, what Miles Garrett did, there's no excuse for that. But I do think Mason Rudolph should have been suspended as well. He had a part in that as well. I think the uh, the bigger thing is I think Garrett's going to see bigger than just this year. I think we're going to see him kind of get suspended into next year. I think personally, I think it's a 16-game ban. I think he should le- lose an entire season with no game checks. That was ridiculous what he did. But again, I think Mason Rudolph also de- deserves some of that blame and should get suspended as well. Hopefully the NFL changes that right and looks at that and kind of su- suspends Rudolph because, again, he was in the wrong as well. Both parties should be spent- suspended. Obviously, Garrett with the bigger suspension because of what he did on the field he's luckily didn't kill the guy we talked a lot a lot of that a lot about that on on friday's podcast i'm not going to go in too much detail there for the game itself nick chubb um kareem hunt show that they can kind of uh coexist together chubb more of the running back um and then kareem hunt more of the pass catcher out of the backfield i like what they're doing there i like what uh, this is kind of what, what the saints did with kamara and Melvin Ingram, kind of what they're doing now with uh, Kamara and Latavius Murray. Also with the uh, Chargers, with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I think we're going to see a similar kind of thing with Browns, with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think there's value for both of them moving forward. Chubb is still a low-end RB1, but I think Kareem Hunt is also a, uh, a very startable flex option in most leagues, especially PPR leagues. As for the Steelers, tough break. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, both suffering concussions. Don't know what their status is going to be moving forward. But again, this offense is not going anywhere with Mason Rudolph, the quarterback there. They are struggling um, mightily without Big Ben as, as the quarterback there. So definitely have to make a decision on which direction the team's going to go moving forward. Juju is obviously a, a player we can't trust moving forward. And I think with this concussion, it's even less of a player we can trust. But good for the Browns. Browns got back on track, kind of get uh, get the win, put themselves back in the playoff hunt if they can get there. They do have an easier schedule than the one they started off with. Browns, big victory over the Steelers despite the horrible ending with Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph, and company with that big fight at the end of the game. Next up, we have the Cowboys and the Lions. Cowboys pull out the victory against the Lions. Lions put up a fight against the uh, Cowboys, especially with their starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, out for the game. 
Uh, they were able to kind of keep this game closer than I thought they would be able to with Jeff, Jeff Driscoll as their quarterback. Uh, had a decent game against a very good, uh, a decent at least, uh, Cowboys defense. We're still seeing Ezekiel Elliott kind of struggle in the ground game. Defenses seem to be contained a little more. And, and then what it's telling me is the Cowboys can do anything on this, on this offense. They're one of the better offenses in the league, and we're seeing that Dak Prescott can carry this team when Elliott can't run the ball. And I, th- I think eventually that will happen. I think eventually Elliott will get the ground game going. I, feel, I still think he's a very solid player, obviously, because he's involved in the passing game and the uh, rushing game, obviously. A couple touchdown scores. Loved one of the ones where he did the little uh, pregame workout uh, dance by Dak Prescott. If you haven't seen that on the replays, definitely worth the worth the look. It's kind of uh, kind of entertaining to see what he did there. Obviously, the Dak Prescott um, pregame workout, getting all the play um, with the way he's uh, all the gifts out there with I've Dak Prescott. Sorry about that. Um, as for the Cowboys' offense, obviously. Uh, with all the yards thrown by Dak Prescott, over 400 yards passing, we would think that someone like Amari Cooper would have a monster day yesterday. Only three catches, 38 yards, no touchdowns. Went all to Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb. Fantastic days. Both quarterback, both receivers going over 100 yards. Cobb catching a touchdown. Michael Gallup's turning into star. I thought coming into the year he was one of the players I thought could break out this year. I, I like them as, a, as a, a fan of the CSU Rams. I definitely liked him in college. I thought he was a player that can kind of have an impact on his team. He's starting to show that he is the real deal. Can kind of be that number two option in that offense and Randall Cobb's a very solid slot receiver number three offense for a number three uh, option in the passing game um obviously probably more like number four behind Ezekiel Elliott sometimes as well Tony Pollard had a decent game as well the the, the backup to Ezekiel Elliott I think uh again if you own Elliott I definitely think Pollard is, is needed to have on your team as a uh, handcuff because if Elliott does go, something does happen to Elliott we know Pollard can step in there and take over the reins for this offense, this offense is one of the better in the team. As for the Lions, I still don't trust anybody on the Lions' offense without uh, Matthew Stafford in the lineup. Yes, Driscoll did have a decent game, but it's, it's something I'm not going to be looking at moving forward, kind of trusting his offense. Yes, Marvin Jones had a couple of touchdown passes, but again, if you look at if you take out the touchdown passes, the offense really didn't do much. Um, obviously, touchdowns count, but again, if you take out the touchdowns, the yards weren't there, the reception weren't there, the targets really weren't there for anybody in his offense. I think they lose a lot with Matthew Stafford. And the ground game is horrendous. I don't like anybody in this ground game. Bo Scarborough, um, it was supposed to be Ty Johnson, maybe a little J.D. McKiskett. We get Bo Scarborough. Uh, so it, it, the, the ground game is not um, set in stone. We don't know what's going to happen there in the ground game. And personally, I don't think the ground game is that great. I do like the passing game a little bit. But if it's, if it's not Matthew Stafford, I am likely not going to be touching the Detroit Lions down the, down the road. And it sounds like the injury to Stafford is a little more serious than originally thought. He may miss multiple games, if not the entire rest of the season, especially if they start to fall more and more out of the playoff hunt. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. Nick Foles returns back from his injury. Uh, got back to action right away. Throws for nearly 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Big day from DJ Shark. Eight catches, 104 yards, and a, couple, a pair of scores. Leonard Fournette, not really involved in the, in the passing game or ground game like I thought he should be in this game. Um, but it, then again, when you get blown out by the Colts, well, when you get beat this bad, it kind of takes away from the ground game. But I thought for sure Leonard Fournette would be more involved in the passing game. He's been there with uh, uh, Minshew as the quarterback. 
you got to wonder if maybe when Foles out there, it, does it take a little bit away from Leonard Fournette? I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I, I think we're going to start to get back to seeing Leonard Fournette having an impact. But again, when you fall down big, it takes away from the ground game, which is the big part of Fournette's offense. But again, we saw him involved in the passing game. It just wasn't as much with Foles under center. DJ Shark was the guy. I still think D.D. Westbrook is a player that we can trust down the road as, as kind of a high upside kind of play, but he's definitely not like a cash game option, a safe option with this offense. DJ Shark is that option for the uh, Jaguars offense. As for the Colts, the return of Jacoby Brissett looks solid, looks healthy, looks ready to go. A tough injury to Marlon Mack, suffering that hand, hand injury, already been ruled out for Thursday's game. So got to wonder what, what that's going to do for this entire offense. I think Marlon Mack kind of, uh, is, is one of the players that kind of helps this engine go. Yes, they didn't need him in the second half of the game. Jonathan Williams can be a very popular pickup. He was the one that kind of stepped in there once he went down. But Marlon Mack was on his way to a um, fantastic game yesterday. Too bad for the injury. Got to wonder how long it's going to keep him out and if the Colts can kind of keep this going with their starting running back out of the lineup. But again, again, Jonathan Williams can be a very popular pickup um, with Marlon Mack out of the lineup. Next up, we have the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. Dolphins continue to kind of hang in there and kind of put up points uh, Something that I didn't see happening with this team looking like the team that's going to have the number one overall pick in the draft. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a gritty player, a very uh, uh, gritty kind of player, a player that I like to watch uh, play just because he's, he's not going to take anything from anybody. He wants to win. He wants to get the job done. Another game, uh, over 300 yards for the uh, Miami Dolphins veteran quarterback. Uh, most of those production went to Devontae Parker. Over 100 yards, seven receptions on 10 targets. A decent Dave and Parker. Kenny Bellage, yes, he got in the end zone, but he looked he, he's just not the player that I really want to trust on my offense. Nine carries, nine yards. Um, if you are trusting Kenny Bellage, I think you can better go other routes. Bellage is a player that really is not a great football player, and we're seeing it on a weekly basis. Yes, it was against a very good Buffalo Bills defense, but I'm not really high on much on the Miami, Miami Dolphins uh, offense. You can throw a stab at Devontae Parker. You can even go, uh, go a little bit with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But nothing really kind of stands out to me on this offense, despite them kind of putting up decent numbers the last three weeks. As for the Bills, if you followed me over on Instagram, I said one of the, uh, my favorite stacks of the weekend is Josh Allen to John Brown. Absolutely phenomenal stack this weekend. Josh Allen, four total touchdowns, two of, the, two of which going to John Brown. Brown over 130 yards, 14 targets. Nine of those uh, were caught on, on, on his end. Josh Allen, 250-plus yards, and we talked about the four uh, total touchdowns. I thought Devin Singletary would get in the box at least once in this game, if not through the air, maybe on the ground. Uh, he wasn't a, a horrible play. I did like him as a double stack with Josh Allen, but it was really the Josh Allen, the John Brown show in this game. They do have a tough schedule moving forward, so maybe we did hit on the last time before this uh, Bills offense goes to kind of their tougher part of their schedule moving forward down the road. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. Broncos became, between, uh, make history being the only team to give up a 20-point lead at the half. Kirk Cousins entering the fourth quarter. A stat I think I saw was 0-23-1, something like that. Um, again, Broncos lose the game. Both those stats kind of get the first victory. As a Bronco fan, a horrendous loss for this team. A, a game that they looked like they were dominating in the first half. A totally different uh, way of coming out in the second half. I thought this team was not as aggressive as they were in the first half. I think they needed to keep the, the pedal to the metal and the pedal to the floor. They did not get the job done. 
One thing we do know is when Brandon Allen is the quarterback there, he is targeting two players and, and two players only. He's targeting Sutton. He's I'm sorry. He's uh, targeting Sutton and targeting Fant. We did see uh, Patrick with the first game back have eight targets as well. So all those uh, targets of his 39 attempts. 28 of them going to those three players. Sutton is proving to be a star in this league. I think uh, week in and week out, he's, he's, he's kind of improving. We saw him throw the ball as well. I think we can trust uh, down, the, down the road. I think we can trust Sutton. I th- and, and I think he's a player that we're going to have to look at in the future as maybe being one of the better wide receivers in football. Imagine what these guys can do with an actual quarterback throwing the ball. I do like the future of uh, Cortland Sutton, especially if they can get a quarterback to get in the ball. But right now, the targets are there. The receptions are there. The yards are there. Sutton is fine. No offense. Uh, if you're needing a tight end stream, kind of often uh, I think fans play that we can trust on a, on a weekly basis. Maybe he's not the safest uh, tight end option, but I definitely think he's worth a pickup in your season-long leagues if you're needing uh, help at the tight end position. As for the Vikings, not really a great game out of Dalvin Cook. Only 26 yards and 11 carries. Not much out of the passing game as well. Yes, he did have five receptions, but not much at, 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 uh, through the air. First half, De- Stefan Diggs looked uh, looked lost. W- was not targeted much in the first half. Second half, it was a totally different monster. The Broncos couldn't cover t- uh, Stefan Diggs. Ends the game with a- over 100 yards, five receptions, and the touchdown. Kyle Rudolph gets in the end zone again, as did the rookie tight end, uh, Irv Smith. But we know the Broncos do kind of struggle against the tight end position. That's kind of where I thought this team could attack them, and that's how they did do it. But again, none of that came in the first half. It was majority of this this uh, damage that was done, almost actually all of it, because they had zero points in the first half. All that damage was done in the second half, kind of frustrating at the fan. But for fantasy wise, I think there's plenty of options we can look at on both sides of the ball that we can kind of take in moving forward in the season. Next up, we have the Saints and the Buccaneers. Again, I thought it would be a little high-scoring game. I thought the Buccaneers would be able to kind of put up a fight more than they really did. Jameis Winston, again, he's going to turn the ball over plenty, but he does get yards. He does get uh, decent touchdowns. So he wasn't a total bust compared to where, uh, where some of these players, that, when they turned, over, turned the ball over three times, where some players would be. He wasn't solved by any means, but I think Winston uh, didn't hurt you in fantasy if he started him. Alvin Kamara, decent day uh, for the Saints. Michael Thomas does Michael Thomas things. Eight receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. A slow day for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. O.J. Howard uh, got sat early, after, especially after uh, not really looking like he's getting anything going in the game. They did sit him early in the game, which opened the door for Cameron Brait for that offense. Moving forward, I think it's, it's, it's something that we're going to see, uh, uh, kind of a typical thing for the, for the Buccaneers. I think we're seeing this team kind of struggle on offense, but they can pick it up and, and kind of get you there in fantasy-wise. But as an NFL team, this team continues to struggle on offense. But for fantasy purposes, Winston continues to kind of get the job done despite turning the ball over plenty and plenty and more and more. And often, uh, Winston continues to kind of struggle, but he can turn it around with the yards, with the scores, with the amount of time they're throwing the ball there for the Buccaneers. Drew Brees, obviously a, another decent day. Latavius Murray really didn't do much in this game, but, but it, it, it was someone that I, I didn't really expect much out of because we know the Buccaneers are pretty good on the ground against the rush. Next up, the Jets and the Redskins. A Redskins defense wasn't that bad despite uh, giving up 34 points. They looked good in the first half. Second half, not really, not much. Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin, not much on that side of the ball. The Jets got a, a decent day out of Sam Darnold. A decent day as in four touchdowns, almost 300 yards. Ryan Griffin, the tight end for the Jets, five receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell, not a bad day. Um, yes, he didn't run the ball for a, a whole lot, but he did get in the end zone uh, uh, once, which is uh, decent for fantasy purposes. 
Jamison Crowder, five receptions, 76 yards, and a score. Demarius Thomas, decent day. As for the Redskins, again, as I talk about, the only player that I'm really going to trust on this offense is Terry McLaurin. Yes, he's not uh, been able to put up stats that we saw him earlier in the year. Um, so hopefully that can get turned around with Haskins as a quarterback. But Haskins uh, didn't look bad as a rookie quarterback. He didn't look great, but he didn't look bad as well. He did have over 200 yards, a couple scores, and an interception. Darius guys, not much on the ground, but that's going to happen when you kind of get amused and abused by that uh, Jets offense for most of the game on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the uh, Carolina Panthers. We continue to see Kyle Allen struggle um, now that he knows that he is the the guy there. Uh, it seems like ever since we heard the news that Cam Newton's going to miss the rest of the year, Allen continues to struggle. Four more, four more interceptions for the young quarterback. What it's telling me is he is not the answer for this offense. Christian McCaffrey, despite not scoring a touchdown, had a fantastic game. Again, if you play DFS and you realize how expensive he is, maybe he's not too expensive because he continues to smash. He is the cheat code for fantasy football. Calvin Ridley, I thought he was going to have a fine game. He had a little more than that. He had eight receptions, 143 yards, and a score. A very good game out of Calvin Ridley. As for Brian Hill, the guy that stepped in for Devontae Freeman, didn't look that solid yesterday on, for, for being a, the uh, waiver wire pickup last week, and I think that's because the Carolina Panthers' defense is a little better than people think. Despite giving up 20, 29 points, a lot of that came through the air uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Got to, got to wonder about this Panthers offense, but we still continue to see production out of McCaffrey, uh, PPR production out of DJ Moore, and I still think Curtis Samuel does have upside in this offense for the Panthers, uh, despite only throwing up three points as an offense. Next up, Ravens and the Houston Texans, a game that I thought was going to be a very high-scoring game on both sides of the ball. The Ravens defense locked down Deshaun Watson and company. Fantastic game from the defense over there in Baltimore. Even better on offense. Lamar Jackson, uh, phenomenal. Kind of put the bed to rest of maybe Deshaun Watson being the MVP of the league. I think it's between Lamar Jackson, it's between Russell Wilson, and it's between Christian McCaffrey. Pick any of those three. I think you're fine for the MVP. I think all three of those players are very worth the uh, the idea of an MVP. Personally, I give it to Russell Wilson, but I have no issues giving it to Lamar Jackson or Christian McCaffrey. Gus Edwards, the backup for uh, Mark, Mark Ingram, who himself had a decent game as well. Gus Edwards, eight carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Ingram had a solid day as well, especially through the air with a couple touchdown receptions. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, seven receptions, 80 yards. Not a bad day for the, for the wide receiver, especially with his quarterback struggling. But yesterday was all about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens, that is. Next up, Cardinals and the 49ers. Cardinals continue to kind of push the brink to the 49ers. Um, I'm a little higher on the Cardinals than most are, so I thought this is a game that we can kind of see the, the Cardinals kind of uh, hang. They did more than that. They, they led for most of this game, but the 49ers do pull out the victory. Jimmy Garoppolo, over 400 yards, four touchdowns, not much on the ground. Debo Samuel had a decent day uh, through the air. A game that I thought was going to be kind of be able to uh, Tevin Coleman to kind of run run at will against this defense, but this game was all about the passing game. Saw a lot from Debo Samuel. Kyle Jusic had seven receptions, 63 yards, um, four targets for Tevin Coleman. Manuel Sanders, five targets. So there's there's not really anybody that stands out on this offense outside Debo Samuel yesterday. He kind of uh, they're able to kind of spread it around and uh, get the job done with multiple parties. And again, if you have a tight end playing the Arizona Cardinals, throw them in your lineup. Ross Dwelly, the uh, tight end fill in for George Kittle, four receptions. But four of those, uh, of those four receptions, two of them went for a score. 
tight ends continue to smash against the Arizona Cardinals. Despite the Cardinals having a tough schedule down the road, I still do like uh, Christian Kirk in PPR leagues. I think he has finally taken over that number one role there in Arizona, and I think we continue to see that moving forward. But again, they do have a very tough schedule to close out the season, so be careful if you're a Kyle Murray. Christian Kirk, David Johnson. Obviously, David Johnson's not. I, I think David Johnson is actually droppable at this point. If you have a spot on your roster you need, as hard as it is to say, uh, David Johnson is very droppable right now, especially if they're not going to give him the ball. Um, I think he had zero targets, zero touches yesterday in that game against the 49ers. Next up, the Bengals and the Raiders. Very low-scoring game for the game that I thought was going to be a high-scoring game. Josh Jacobs, not really a great game. He had a decent game over 100 yards, but not really uh, the impact I thought he was going to be um, on the ground against a very bad Bengals defense. Joe Mixon, not a bad day either as well. I think that uh, both running backs had decent days, but nothing spectacular. Actually, the entire offense for both teams, not really much on offense. Uh, it was more of a defensive game, if you can say that again, uh, with a Bengals versus Raiders game this year. Uh, not much on offense in that game. Next up, the Patriots and the Eagles. Another very low-scoring game. Tom Brady, not much on offense. Miles Sanders, uh, from some of that, looked like he was going to be a PPR stud this week, but the Patriots kind of struggling against uh, pass-catching running backs. Not much for Miles Sanders. Zach Ertz was about the player that, really the only player that kind of stood out to me. Nine receptions, 94 yards. I think we're starting to see Zach Ertz uh, return to that elite status of tight end position. Dallas Goddard, I think he's also a player that we can kind of look forward, especially in Dynasty Leagues moving forward. He's starting to show that this team is going to use double tight ends, and he is a decent option moving forward. And to close it out, we had the uh, the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams close out uh, our Sunday. If you're watching this game, it was very hard on the eyes to watch. Not much going on on either side of the ball. The Rams do get the victory. Todd Gurley did look decent in the game. Yes, it didn't do much for uh, yards per carry, but he did have a, a few nice-looking runs in the game. The offensive line looked like they were finally able to kind of hold up and kind of get the ball rolling on the ground. Not much out of the Bears on offense as we continue to see this offense struggle. But really, this was more of a defensive struggle game. And if you watched this game and stuck all the way through it, it was some of the parts were kind of hard on your eyes to watch. That was our Week 11 heading into tonight's game. Tonight's game from Mexico City, we'll see the Kansas City Chiefs and Los Angeles Chargers kind of close out our Week 11. Um, a very big kind of in-division game. If the Chiefs can pull out the victory, I think it's going to uh, kind of put the end to their Chargers this year. Chargers are kind of in a must-win if they want to contend in this in this division for the title. If the Chiefs do get the victory, I think it's going to kind of seal up the Chargers' fate moving forward down the road. With the Chiefs sitting at 6-4, and four, my take is I think the Chiefs kind of come out and they, this might be a game that we, we can kind of see them jump out early and jump out big and never look back. I do think the Chiefs do win this game kind of handily against the Chargers. So which has me, if you're looking at the single-game slate over on DraftKings and FanDuel, I don't hate an uh, onslaught of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, there's a couple different routes that you can look at going. And, and if you're doing the 20-entry max over on DraftKings, the, uh, the, the way I like looking at the attack in these kind of games is doing the 20-entry max. I'm looking at taking half my teams and going with someone uh, very high-owned up top, I mean a high price up top, a Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, one of those three, as my captain spot. But I also, excuse me, I also don't hate the idea of going like with a, a Butker 
in the captain spot and getting all of the offense you can get um, because this game has a chance to kind of be a high-scoring affair on both sides of the ball. Even though I do think the Chiefs kind of win this game handily, I think there are some decent options for the Chargers. I don't hate Hunter Hunter Henry. I think it's much more of an Austin Eckler game than it is a Melvin Gordon game. Eckler is more of the pass-catching option where Melvin Gordon is more of the smash-mouth running back option, and I think they're going to have to kind of keep the ball through the air to kind of keep up with Patrick Mahomes and company. And again, when you're playing these single-game slates, all you need is one of those, because there's so many few players to pick from, if you find one of those off-the-wall kind of picks in this game, you're doing it better. So if we look, uh, if we look down low, I don't think there's anybody that kind of stands out down low um, like that's really, really cheap. The way I'm looking at going is maybe being different by taking the Chiefs defense. Uh, this is a game that I think, like I said, if, if the Chiefs kind of get up to an early lead, it's going to force... Uh, Philip Rivers to kind of pass the ball, and we know that when he's forced to pass the ball plenty and more and more and more, this is a guy that can kind of turn the ball over two, three, four interceptions, and I think that that can happen against this Chiefs defense. We know the Chiefs can get after the quarterback. Yes, the Broncos' offense isn't, isn't very very strong. They're one of the worst offenses in football, but we did see on Thursday night a few weeks ago that this Chiefs defense can get the job done, so I do think taking someone like the Chiefs defense can be a little contrarian with a lot of people thinking this can be a, a, a shootout. But I also don't hate the idea of going with, like, the, like I talked about, like Butker in the uh, captain spot and filling up your lineups with the Mahomeses, the Ecklers, the Henrys, the Tyreek Hills, the Kelseys, and kind of getting all the offense there out of your flex options and taking the captain spot and going somewhat cheap like a kicker or even uh, cheap like the, the, the Chiefs defense. And if they, get a, if they can somehow get a, a touchdown early and then all of a sudden maybe get a garbage touchdown late, you're getting all the offense from the Chiefs and the Chargers that they're scoring. And, go, and, and if you can hit in that captain spot, I don't see the likelihood of anybody winning with the Chiefs defense, but I don't hate the idea if it allows you to get the all of the offense in this game. Personally, if I'm going to be going that route, I'm going to go with the kicker because I think no matter what happens, this game is going to be a kicker game, whether it be extra points, whether it be field goals. I think there is going to be a long field goal in the works. So if Butker can get a 40-50 yard field goal, and I don't even hate the idea of maybe an end-of-the-half kind of 60-plus yarder to kind of close out the game. This is played at altitude, so the ball can carry a little more in this kind of game. So I don't even hate the idea of going Butker as your captain spot and hoping for like a 50-yarder, or even if you get lucky, a 60-yard to kind of close out the half. It can happen. Uh, a lot of crazy things can happen. Uh, maybe instead of going with the, uh, the, the, the standards, Hills and the tra- Travis Kelsey's, maybe taking a shot on a Hardman and a Demarcus Robinson. Maybe going with a Daryl Williams instead of Damian Williams. We know that Damian Williams was, uh, did miss practice for personal reasons. Maybe they have a couple packages involved for Daryl Williams. With Damian Williams um, active, we're going to see Daryl Williams not as popular if he was going to be inactive. So I don't hate Daryl Williams if there's a chance that maybe there is a package for him in this game. Over on FanDuel, I think it's very easy. I think you either go Tyreek Hill or Patrick Mahomes. Those are the only two options I'm looking at for the FanDuel-wise because you don't get penalized for the salary over there like you do on DraftKings. But again, on DraftKings, there's there's many more options. And again, when you're looking at these kind of uh, single-game slates, if you want to win top prize, and again, with the, being a top prize, uh, very top-heavy prize pool, you're not looking to min cash. You want to try to look to win these things. And to win these things, you got to be contrarian. Everybody's going to play Mahomes. Everybody's going to play Charger offensive players. Everybody's going to play Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Be a little different. Go with the Chiefs defense. 
uh, go with both defenses, and maybe maybe you can get a defensive stroke. I don't see it happening, but maybe you can get a defensive touchdown out of the Chargers, and they pay off the salary because it doesn't matter how many points you give up. Uh, you're looking for sacks, you're looking for turnovers, you're looking for touchdowns from your defense, and if you can get one of those garbage touchdowns from one or both of those defenses, all of a sudden you have a pretty decent team. And if you're uh, spending low on one of those players, you can get a few more of those elite players like the Hills, like the Mahomes, like the Ecklers, and so on and so forth. That'll do it for today's podcast. If you've not followed us over on Instagram or Twitter, please give us a follow on Twitter. We are at FansportsGenius. Over on Instagram, we are at fantasyfootball underscore genius underscore. And our website is always www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. Plenty of stuff still available. Plenty of uh, things going on with fantasy football. So if you're not checked out our packages, we have our DFS and season long still available, both weekly and full season. We slashed those prices in half uh, at the halfway point. So uh, definitely give them, give them a look. And if you're not checked out our mastermind chat, that's uh, the thing that I think a lot of you can benefit from. You have a question, you have a trading question, you have a lineup question, maybe you just help, uh, need, need someone to help with your team on a weekly basis. That's what we created our mastermind chat for. Weekly, monthly, full season packages available. If you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram. More than happy to answer those questions for you to kind of push you on to be part of our genius mob. Have a great Monday. Dominate those leagues and let's get those W's. Have a great day.